Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Plan Y podcast. My name is Taryn. And my name is Hannah. And what have we got going on today, Hannah? So I'm pretty excited for today's episode because we have a very, very special guest. He's one of my closest friends. And we met actually a couple of years ago in Sweden while we both studied abroad. He is originally from Alabama and has a heart of gold. He travels the world full of wonder and love, and he's an amazing dancer, singer, and now as well a blogger, and one of the funniest person I know. He is always open and has an open ear as well if you need something or want to talk about something. Together, we've been through a lot of stuff, in a positive way, obviously. From drinking mimosas in Dublin to celebrating Carnival in Germany and living that classy backpacker life in Melbourne. Uh, in Melbourne. A warm welcome to my friend Austin, or how you say in Alabama, roll tight. Roll tide. <laughs> Hi, Hannah and Taryn. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're, You're very welcome. Well, thank you for coming on. So, Austin. So, extremely excited to yeah, be here. Yeah, we too. So, tell us a bit more about you and how you started traveling. Like, what was your inspiration? Yes. Yeah, so, um, as you said, I'm originally from Alabama, um, a small town called Decatur. It's got about probably 55,000 um, people living there. And I would say not many people really step outside of um, Alabama. And luckily, my parents, um, who both grew up, who both grew up extremely poor um, on the government, um, they worked really hard to provide a better life for me and to um, do something that they had never done before, which is take family vacations. So um, just taking vacations around the United States just gave me a bit of exposure to something outside of my rural walls of Alabama. And um, I was actually lucky enough when I was 17 to win a trip to Osaka, Japan, where I did a um, cultural exchange. So I actually moved there with a um, Japanese family, the Cheetah family. And they um, welcomed me into their house with um, speaking minimum English. <laughs> and I spoke actually minimum <laughs> Japanese. And so I, I had taken um, Japanese classes for about six months just to be able to cover the basics and know a little bit. And once I got there, pretty much everything that I knew went right out the door. So that was my <laughs> first time to just be like <laughs> in a completely different country, um, completely exposed to something that I had never even. It just it just blew my mind and just opened this whole world for me. And kind of that's how we are where we are now. <laughs> that's amazing. So what were you doing in Osaka? Yeah, so each day um, there was about 13 students of us from Alabama that were there. We were all living with different families. And um, crazy enough, all the families were based in Osaka, Japan, except my family. My family was based <laughs> in the country, this country town called Omihachiman City of Shiga. Mm -hmm. And okay. so it was about two hours away from Japan, I mean, uh, from Osaka. So I had to um, catch a train every day to meet the other students. Wow. And um, we did different things. We went to a Japanese school there. So we got to hang out with other high school students that were there and learn how their day-to-day -day goes. I got to do some martial art classes while I was there um, and just basically see how the day-to-day -day life was um, with my family. They brought me to different um, temples while I was there oh, and just really just how to live life as a Japanese um Wow. as a Japanese person and it was amazing honestly I had only tried sushi once before because it was required for us <laughs> to 
I'm trying. And we were, we were told that <laughs> we must like never, we must be respectful of everything that was brought to us. And the very first meal I had with the family was I sat down at the dinner table and they had picked some leaves off a tree from outside (laughs) and had given us all raw fish. (gasps) It was just like it was um, like squid, octopus, (laughs) salmon, tuna, everything. And that was the first uh, meal that I had had there. (laughs) And And it just opened me and it was actually so delicious. It was so unexpected, but it was so delicious. And I was like, wow. It's something like this that I see that I haven't tried before. And I, if I didn't have to, I would normally say no. Can bring me so much, like, it just brought me so much exposure and, like, opened my mind. So I just dug right in from there. That's incredible. What a meal. That must have been such an information overload when you first got there. <laughs> it was absolutely, like, um, when they say culture shock, it was unbelievable. Like, it was just everything about it, it felt like that I had stepped onto a completely different planet. Completely different. For sure. And what year was this? This was in, let's say it was nine years ago. So it was 2012. So it's before you had like iPhones where you could even like help yourself get around if you needed. You don't have just Google Maps that you could whip out your pocket. Oh, yeah. So I believe I did have an iPhone, but it didn't matter about the Google Maps or anything because I didn't know where I was going about (laughs) anything. So I basically I did. The reason why I know is because I had Google Translate. So me and the father, we spent a lot of time using the translator app while we were there trying to communicate with each other. It was hilarious. We did a lot of uh, Google Translate and a lot of charades to like try and figure out what the other one was trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. It was completely different. It was my first time to be somewhere as well, kind of like in England where they drive on the left side of the road too. So that was like its own thing as well. It is also a very <laughs> yeah, big step, right? Like from going to America to visiting the first country abroad being Japan. Yeah, like I had really only been on a plane like once or twice and the flight was like wow. 30 hours total. So it was, it was just like, you know, you once you do that, you really only have the choice to like, to just step out of your comfort zone, you know what I'm saying? Once you've, like, going from, like the song says, like, zero to 100 is completely what it was. So it definitely um, just gave me a completely different perspective that I'm forever grateful for and I always carry around in life. And funny enough, I hadn't talked to the family in quite some years. Um, they had two young boys that um, that were their ch- children who were about, I believe they were about 8 and 10 when I was there, named Tepe and Shunsuke. And while I was there, they never, ever talked to me. They were extremely shy. But the other day, one of the youngest son actually reached out to me on Facebook. Wow. He found me. And he gave me an update. And he told me that he wants to come to America as well. He's studying in university right now. So I thought That's that was cool. really cool. It really warmed my heart that, like, they still remember Aww. me. <laughs> and so after Japan, where was next for you? What were your plans after that? So um, I ended up graduating um, high school. And then, funny enough, I went to a international college in the middle of nowhere in Alabama <laughs> um, called Troy University. The town has about, I believe, a population of about 15,000. And I would say about 10,000 of the people are students there. No way. It's like completely, yeah, it's completely ran by students. It's like there's only a few uh, stoplights and everything. It's a very, very small place. But it houses so many internationals from all over. So I studied communications and global business while I was there. And um, just randomly, 
like things always happen random, randomly to me. I was chosen to be a impact leader, which is kind of like the orientation leader when new students and um, income to the school kind of go through the summer program. And so we had to learn about all the different programs that we had at the school. And that is when I first learned about study abroad. And I had always thought to go back abroad, of course, after being exposed to that. But it was never like I never knew when or how that was going to happen. Right. And I ended up just once I ended up talking to the study abroad director, um, my lease was about to be up on my apartment anyways. And I was like, you know what? Um, this is actually really possible because here in the United States, I'm sure you guys know, it's much different from Germany. And I don't know exactly how it is in England, but I'm sure it's better than our system here <laughs> with education. College is extremely expensive here in the United States. And um, so to study abroad is like out of the question for most people. But a lot of people don't even know that there are certain programs that allow you to do it. So I was able to, I had a full scholarship, a full tuition scholarship to my university. And I was able to go to um, a few partner schools that they had and use that scholarship. So I didn't have to pay to go to the school. And um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, still, it's still like crazy though, because when I met Hannah and everyone, everyone else there was doing like um, what Europeans call as an Eras Erasmus and not having to pay anything. <laughs> or either they were like, our Brazilian friends, and they were getting paid to study there. No um, so it was it was a little bit different for us. But um, yeah, so I just, like, my the study abroad director was actually from Sweden. So she talked it up very, very much to me. And I was like, you know what? Isn't that the place where they have Swiss cheese? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, that's... <laughs> She's like, no, that's Switzerland. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll go to Sweden. It sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, so that just that just goes to show my level of ignorance, um, especially like to being, even though I had been abroad, to still like knowing how things worked in other countries and which countries were what, because here in the United States, we aren't exactly taught what goes on in other countries or much about countries. I don't, I don't believe that's a coincidence, <laughs> or is it? But, <laughs> but I imagine especially in somewhere like Alabama, because obviously you're quite central in the country and it doesn't have huge ties. You have no dependency on any other countries or anything like that. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that, but it's, it's just so interesting how the rest of the world, though, like there's at least a news channel on television where you can see like worldly news, you know, like that doesn't even exist here. Well, I didn't That's know insane, that. hey. So just anytime like going outside of that, like stepping abroad, it's just like, it's so amazing just to like see how much people know about the United States, um, of course, but also just like to hear the knowledge that so many people know about other countries as well, you know, and I, and I wish for that for my fellow Americans that we can kind of like get to like understanding, like, because that's so important to me and kind of everything about me is that I realize that although we talk different, like you guys have different accents to me, Hannah speaks a different language and everything. Like we just have, we have so many similarities. We're just people, sure. you know, we heard the same, sure. we love the same, you know, and I just want everybody to understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing message. I love that. I love, I love that. that message. Same. I also still remember the day, the first time I saw you, because it was during Norling that we participated in together. And I remember that yes. the three of you, because there were three people 
coming from Alabama and you were all introduced and I remember that you were like having this naughty smile and I saw you and we made eye contact and we both were smiling <laughs> that was the start of a great relationship or great friendship yes. it was just an amazing time we always had like these kitchen gatherings and we were cooking for each other and talking about everything yeah it was an amazing experience amazing i'm so forever grateful for nolning for bringing us together same, that was same. beautiful <laughs> we spoke about it briefly before and it sounds mad nolning and <laughs> um, just the week long of um it sounds like lies lots of lies and confusion it, but i'm sure no it is <laughs> <laughs> It's like it just sounds like something that you can't even you can't even make up. Like I was actually talking about it last night with my friends, Hannah. Do you remember how like in the United States we don't have we don't get like sexual like we're so overly sexualized, but when it comes to talking about sex yeah. in schools, it's like almost non existent. And we arrived at Nolning and they were showing us different sexual <laughs> positions and they were telling us these different ways. They were like, This is how you do the Eiffel Tower with two guys and a curl underneath and everything. And I was just like, My little conservative self was like, Oh my gosh, how dare they? Like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like people are talking about SEX. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we know you're gonna do it, so at least at least do it like <laughs> do it the right way. At least do it the right way. Do it Eiffel Tower. That's <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. Well, but I think Sweden kind of changed your perspective quite a lot, right? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. It um. <laughs> It just complete. I would say I was telling my friends that I compare Sweden to Alabama as exactly like what a 180 would look like. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was something from um, just being exposed to, uh, I would say, like in um, with our generation, Swe Swedish people are a lot more open minded. Also, I would say perspectives of religion. I'm from the Bible Belt. And like, if you're not Christian here and you don't like proclaim that it's like kind of looked down upon. And then in Sweden, I would say most people, especially our age are not religious. And so that just gave me like a whole different take on like life in general and just everything. And like the struggles that I had in Sweden as being like, um, like being gay, but not being able to ex like express that, you know, because of like just fear of people just like, just thinking the worst of me, you know, like I struggled with that the entire time I was there and I like never ever told anybody while I was there, you know, not even you as close as we were. I was just living this like double life while I was in Sweden, you know, so oh, it wow. definitely opened my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, that was quite intense. It was quite intense, but so it definitely, and it, it was just so beautiful though to see as well, like even though that I wasn't brave enough at the time to come out or anything, um, not necessarily not brave enough because I don't want to say that people who haven't come out are not brave, but I, it just wasn't my time. I felt, yeah. and so, but but seeing that, like that, that was the first time that I could really see because, of course, in Japan I didn't really get to express and talk with so many people, but in Sweden I could, and I got to see that, you know, like wow, like like gay people here they live a really good <laughs> life, you know, <laughs> like it's really possible to just be like. That that is like your sexual orientation doesn't define who you are and it's not important, you know, and that there's so many other aspects and that it's just okay to be yourself. And that's what really um, Sweden kind of did for me was show me that. Yeah. And I saw like, I remember that 
shortly after Sweden, you actually came out and I think you caught me and I wasn't surprised at all. And I remember you saying you had a feeling yeah. that I knew. And then we saw each other yeah. back in Dublin and it was just like one of the most amazing things ever to see Austin flourish and completely enjoying being himself a hundred percent like his positivity and aura was so much more intense and it was just like so amazing to see for him finally living the life he always wanted to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. most definitely like i would say that if it wasn't for sweden things probably wouldn't happen the way that they did with me and um coming out and um i was kind of out it but then i was like you know what Like, fuck it, I've already seen that so many people can do, like, that I can I can live this life. And it was just this extremely, extremely huge weight lifted off of my shoulders. And I was like, you know, I'm never going to place this weight back on my shoulders. So if I can live my truth, then I can live my life out loud and beautifully. So that's what I'm doing. For sure. And then, so when you oh, say yeah. you were out, so did you come out when you went back to Alabama? If you don't mind me asking. No, of course. It's, it's, it's a funny story. So I actually had just came back from Sweden at right before Christmas. And my birthday was in a few weeks after in January. And I threw this massive rager at my house. I love a good house party. <laughs> it's my favorite. Still, still to this day. Still to this day. And um, I invited like so many people. And actually this girl from my high school, um, she came um to the party she also went to my college and she met my roommate that night and they just hit it off and the next day i left went out of town and she was really good friends with a guy that i had kind of messed around with years ago and i didn't know that he had told her or anything um but apparently he did <laughs> and then so i walked back in my house with all of my three straight male roommates and their girlfriends all sitting there and i walk in and it's just like completely this awkward feeling inside like i just walk in i'm like oh my god like what is going on <laughs> and so one of them's like hey you want to go get something to eat and i'm like yeah let's go mm -hmm. and he's so we just driving down the road and he's like yeah bro he's like uh so and so told us that um you know that you've like hooked up with this guy and you're on some app called grinder And I'm like, okay. I, I think my like stomach fell out of my ass right then. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I got two choices. Either I can like try and lie and try and like keep this covered up and like forever, or you know, like I can finally live life like those people were living in Sweden. You know, yeah. I can finally just breathe. You know, and so I chose to breathe, and that's kind of how it all happened. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, you yeah. really put on the spot. Did you find that you had much judgment in Alabama or was there, or were people oh, around you quite open to it? Um, definitely, definitely lots of judgment. Definitely lots of judgment. Really? Um, because growing up here, yeah, growing up here still in Alabama, like I would say before I came out, not saying that like in, just this is only I can only speak from my experience and everything. Yeah. Um, is that many people saw like being gay as that you wanted to either like people just uh, associate being gayness with being less masculine like and that you want to be a woman like people so people wow. just automatically have they either want to be a woman or like you're going to be in the closet forever so you either like have two choices there's no just being who you are expressing yourself in whatever way that is but and so i got a lot of judgment um from a lot of a lot of close people you know um not so i ended up actually moving out of that house and everything like 
And honestly, my friendship kind of fizzled with everybody that I lived with from that. But, um, you know, shout out to them because they made me stronger. But, yeah, I would say that Alabama, the stereotype that Alabama kind of has is actually kind of true. I'm not going to deny that. And that people are judgy, it's homophobic in a lot of ways, and it is still also very um, segregated and racist. So, yeah, things just don't fix themselves because laws change, you know? People actually have to change. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that it is getting better, or is it sort of like just a stronghold for hatred at the moment? Is it getting better, or...? Yeah, so it's like... um, I don't know. Is I want I want to believe in like better days, like you know, for like my state and just the South in general. And I would say, obviously, with our generation, people are a lot more open minded, you know, to different things, and um, so it is getting better in that sense. I would say, but there's still heavy um, like stigmas and still very like things that are happening. For instance, not it's not just Alabama. Now I live in Nashville, which is in Tennessee, country music <laughs> hall, like the country music, you know, world. And yesterday I have a friend visiting me right now. We went to um we went to this bar yesterday and just to show you an example of how like racism stuff still exists and we go to the door and everything and i already just like i look at the bounce and i already just have a feeling that something's about to happen like that like there's going to be some reason that i'm not able to get in and we go in and it's 80 degrees which is probably about like 26 27 degrees celsius or something nice beautiful day out um i'm wearing you know just regular clothes have on some birkenstocks and we go to the door and the bouncer's like oh um Sorry, you can't come in because you have on sandals and you may you may take them off and like step on glass. And that's a liability given that given that given that we can see I'm like, so no girls or no one inside has on sandals without a heel on the back. Yeah. He's like, oh, no. And of course, of course, we, we can see that, you know, that that's not true. So like those type of things, you know what I'm saying? Like this is just the life, you know, here in the South, like people still just they just don't want to act right. You know, people don't want to move forward. That sucks. Yeah, I feel as well that's pretty sad that they don't even try sometimes as well to understand, which makes me kind of angry at some point because I saw it as well that people were treated different because they just were different but in a way we are all different so i really don't get why people can't even try to understand it yeah exactly exactly it's it's one that i just i can't understand either myself (laughs) but so after you got back from sweden after a while you decided on moving to dublin right yes correct so after I got back from Sweden, exposed to Europe, you know, while we were in, while we were over in Sweden, we were traveling to other countries. I got to see like London. I went to Ooh. Amsterdam, of course. Classic. You know, I got, to, I got you know, had had to go to Amsterdam. You know, I had to like that was like number one on my list. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go see what this is about. I gotta go see what this is about. <laughs> to go and see the flower shows, yeah. of course. Oh, I. Oh yeah, of course. I, I just remember that we met in Amsterdam as well. Yeah, we I did. I remember like, you we told did. me. We, yeah, we I remember Amsterdam. you told me like, oh, Hannah, so I'm in Amsterdam, and it's just like two hours away from where you live in Germany, right? Do you want to come over? And I, I remember that a friend of mine was there, and I was like, do you want to drive to Amsterdam for a day? And she was like, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, so we just casually met. That's what I love so much about Europe is that you guys like every like the countries you know are so close right there. So and it's so easily accessible whether you 
need to take a cheap flight with Ryanair or you want to take a train, you know, yeah. or even when we were in, when we were in Sweden, um, <clears throat> we actually drove to Amsterdam. Wow. Um, so we like took the ferry from Denmark with the car and everything. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is so cool. I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever to like to just like country hop from three countries like by car in like yeah. one day. I was like. This is something that I just like never thought that I would ever be doing in my wildest dreams. <laughs> it was crazy. It's crazy. Just like because here we don't have like in the United States, in most places, we don't have like much public transportation at all, especially where I'm from. Um, and so like just like having like the option to have a train ride or just to even take a bus. You guys have what is it called? The green yeah, bus? Yeah, Flix bus. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, for so yeah. cheap, you know, it's just like wow. Like they they want they want you to see other yeah, places, exactly. you know. They want you to experience <laughs> for all the people that yeah. You know, huh? <laughs> but then surely you can get around the United States quite easy. But I do feel like every state is different in its own way. Oh yeah, completely, completely. And but still, for the most part, there isn't any like that. You know, they were trying to work on, but there isn't any like trains or anything that goes from like east coast to west coast or you can take you can take like a greyhound bus yeah but um if you that's it's that's its own kind yeah, of thing you know? you yeah if you feel like getting train. stabbed at any point the greyhound <laughs> yeah, that's okay. that's what I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i was like uh like i don't yeah no so it's like <laughs> you know you can rent a car but like even the city that i live in nashville like there's where i live at i live really close in the city but, like, there's not any, like, the streets aren't really walkable. Like, there isn't, like, pathways for it. And so I just have to drive absolutely everywhere. And having lived overseas so much and lived in places, like, where in Sweden we rode a bike everywhere, you know. We were getting pulled over by the police for being drunk on our bike. You know, like, there, like there's, like, it's just, it's so different. I'm, like, I miss just being able to not have to drive absolutely everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like, Dublin was, like, pretty amazing experience then for you. How long did you live there in total? Yeah, so I lived in Dublin about 15 or 16 months. So I randomly, um, I was just dying to live in Europe again. Like, as soon as so, people talk about culture shock, but what people also don't talk about is reverse culture shock. So, um, which is de it is definitely a thing, okay? It is a thing. Okay. Do you agree it's a thing or you think no? No? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so, so like, coming from Sweden, coming off of this amazing high, you know, of all of these just amazing experiences, all these new things, like, hearing different languages and just being exposed to so many different people from all different pockets of the world, and then coming back to my little rural town in Alabama, I was just extremely depressed. I was like, there is no way. Like, I don't know if you remember, Hannah, but I was like trying to transfer to a university in Germany. Yeah. I don't know I if think you remember we that. But... About that. Roughly, I do remember. Yeah. So I was trying to do everything I could. <laughs> I think that's what we're getting back now. Um, this is the longest I've been in the UK since I went to university here. I just miss going and doing things. And going to being exactly. a new country, seeing new experiences, tasting new food, hearing new music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just like something, just like being exposed to something that's just different than your normal, you know? Like you kind of crave that once you've had like a few tastes of it, you know? For sure. So what did you do in Dublin? 
Yeah, so I moved to Dublin directly after college, like literally two weeks after I moved to Dublin. And I got a job. First, um, I got an internship slash like, it was an internship, but it was a paid, like a pretty decent paid internship. And I was working in sales and marketing for a published company that was actually, she was the daughter of the owner of oh, Ryanair, wow. which is kind of wow. cool. Wow. Yeah. Did you get so free that flights? Was like really cool. Did you get free flights? No, unfortunately not. Oh. You know, like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, come on, you know. But um, that was cool. And then I moved into recruitment from there. So I worked as a recruitment consultant for a really nice um, recruiting firm right in the city, and I was working for on contracts with like PayPal and Microsoft. So it was a really cool job. It was really great, but. I very, very quickly realized from that moment that the um, the traditional nine to five, like, <laughs> taking, work, taking, taking work home, not really getting off work until seven you know, o'clock was just not the lifestyle that I wanted to pay for myself. Um, and so I went back into what I always know, which is hospitality. <laughs> and I was kind of serving bartending for like the remainder of my time there. And how did you find that? Yeah. I always find um, bartending's um, one of those great skills you really can just take anywhere around the world. Exactly, exactly. So you know that people are always going to drink everywhere, you know. So <laughs> and, and and let me tell you, the Irish they love their alcohol, you know. So <laughs> it 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 was an amazing experience. Um, I worked <laughs> in a really cool tap house that um, is actually the name of it. A really cool bar with amazing staff who I'm actually still like in contact with a lot of them now. And um, just Ireland as a whole was just an amazing, amazing experience. I consider it to be like another home for me. Like I'm still, I met like some of my absolute best friends that I have still to this day. Um, I go back, I've been back to visit a few times. Like I will always go back to Ireland. I will always call it home. Like it just, it was just such a good experience. And I'm really glad that Hannah even got to come over and visit me while I was I there as well. I remember I landed and I took the bus to the city center and I went with my whole luggage into this one bar. What was it called? Dicey's or something like that? Dicey's, yeah. <laughs> and we just Dicey's. put my luggage under a table and started drinking and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Irish way. Dicey's is like a staple. If you ever go to Dublin, you must check out Dicey's. <laughs> For a little bit of promotion there. Still working there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just pub that in. I remember as well that we did a pub crawl and you introduced me to different bars mm-hmm. and then you showed me, I think you were the first person that showed me and I showed people afterwards here in Germany whenever we went to an Irish pub drinking at Guinness with Bailey's, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I never heard about that and I found it quite random, but then I showed it to everyone and everyone was like, oh no, that's not good. And I was like, yeah, Austin showed it to me. It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got, we definitely, they have some different types of things that they do there. That's a lot of, it's different than I'm used to, but I was always just like, yeah, like, let's do it, you know, like, let's go with it. Like, why not? <laughs> Why not try it? <laughs> but as well as going to Dublin, you've also, um, looking at Instagram, you've been pretty much all over the world. And so yes. my first question would be, where's the best place that you've been to? Uh, I've had, like, once I kind of stepped out, I was like, oh, there's so much I want to <laughs> see. And so my favorite place that I have been by far 
is Myanmar, um, which used to be called Burma, located right next to Thailand. It's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing country, full of amazing people as well. And when did you go there? I went there in 20... I want to say 2018, I went there. Um, okay. I was backpacking Asia for the first time as well. Something that Europeans um, exposed me to as well. <laughs> yeah. like living in Ireland, everybody was like, you know, that's such a that's such a thing that not many like Americans do. Um, especially we already don't like travel necessarily, but <laughs> to backpack is all is a whole nother level, you know, and like, I'm going to say as well, I was not prepared for like having to carry that big ass bag around. All the time. <laughs> but, uh, like n- now I'm in a, now I'm a professional backpacker, but yeah. So <laughs> I spent like 28 days in Myanmar. Um, I just kind of went there on a whim. Actually, I went there after me and my boyfriend broke up. We actually were traveling around together and then we, we split in Thailand and, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Myanmar. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it time-wise as well. Uh, Really, because you got in just before things started kicking off by the sounds of it. Yeah, so um, actually, I will say that um, I love the place and it's beautiful, but you can't ignore that. Even while we were there, that things that were already going on with the government were there. There was definitely um, only a certain parts that we were allowed to go to, like other states you couldn't even travel up that way or anything. So I I can't ignore that there is like things have been going on for quite some time. And actually they had only opened tourism up to like people to come in just a few years before I had actually went, I believe it was like five years. So there was essentially like no like travelers there, you know? So that was its own kind of experience. It was like the most, the most raw place that I had ever been that hadn't really been like, touched by westerners mm. much you know that's so cool i always wanted to go to cuba um before they opened it up but then i think they've closed it back off from the states again haven't they yeah i think so i don't know i don't know exactly like everything about that but i believe yeah the, i think our old former president kind of messed that up for us. <laughs> so I don't, I don't believe i don't believe that we can go <laughs> <laughs> it is like it's, he, he will not be named yeah, we we just won't even we won't even give him that energy, you know. Like we won't even we won't even put that energy out there. <laughs> so where did you end after Myanmar? Yeah, so um, after Myanmar, I went back to Thailand actually because. Um, one of my favorite places in the world as well is this little, I don't know if you guys you guys have both been to Thailand, yeah, right? Two days. Yes, two okay, days. Okay, so. What did you only do there two days? Where did you, where were you at? Yeah, Bangkok? I was in Bangkok because I was flying out uh, to, actually to Australia to see you in Melbourne. And I stayed just for two nights in Bangkok because my flight was departing from there. And I flew in from Laos and then went for two nights to Bangkok. And then I visited you in Melbourne. Oh, cool. I didn't know that little story. What about <laughs> you, Terry? Did you get a chance to travel all around? Um, yeah, so I've been, um, I actually did, so I did the North um, quite recently, just after meeting Hannah. And I did the South. It was actually one of like, it was when I was on my uh, gap year, self-proclaimed. And I went with my friends and it was just a mess, unfortunately. I'd like to go back now um, because I was 18. Uh I was new to everything. And you'd go out and you just, it was like a a party, basically. You didn't, you were, I'd love to say, oh, it was such a cultural experience. We just learned so much. (laughs) Um, Like we were jumping from like bar and party hostel to party hostel. Um, there were multiple nights that I will never remember again <laughs> and multiple nights that I probably shouldn't remember. And so I'd love to go back and do it properly. But I've got, yeah, definitely interesting experiences from Thailand, if nothing else. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> did you, while you were in the north, did you get a chance to visit Pai? I did. It's one of my favorite yes. places in Thailand. It's incredible. It's incredible. I spent so much time in Pai. So I've been to Pai, like, I believe, like, five <laughs> separate times now. It's just like, I just, like, always come back to Pai, you know? I'm just like, yeah. So that's where I went after Myanmar, and I just chilled out there for a bit. And I was, but yeah, Pai is a beautiful place. And while I was actually traveling, um, I met this Australian girl named Sean, who is just such an important person in my life. Just from the moment I met her, her aura, just like everything about her, I wanted to be around her. <laughs> and she actually introduced me to the idea of coming to live in Australia as well, because honestly, like I had me and my ex, we had these whole dreams of like, we were actually travel vlogging and we were going to be in oh, it. So everything kind of ended with us. I was like, all right, so what am I doing with my life now? <laughs> like, what's like, what's our plans? And she was like, you know, like telling me about how Melbourne was and Australia in general. And there's the work and holiday visa that is, that we can get there. And it's essentially so easy to get. So I went back to Ireland just to um, tie up some loose ends. And I booked a one-way flight to Melbourne, Australia. And that's just kind of how my life goes. I just ended up in Melbourne, Australia. I, I knew her. <laughs> And she, um, I stayed with her for a couple of weeks, her and her mom, uh, um, who I love so dearly <laughs> as well. And then I got me an apartment and a job. Actually, I got a cute little house with, I was living with three other, uh, two Australians and a girl from New Zealand. And then life just began there. Amazing. How did you find Australia? I thought Australia was amazing. It also was just like, there's just so many different ways of living. And yeah. Australia is the most, Hannah, you can probably 100%. agree, the most relaxed way of yes, living. 100%. For sure. Um, yes. Have you been, Taryn? Um, yeah, I used to work. I actually worked in Melbourne. Um, it's one of my great really? things. Really? I, I wasted my entire work visa by doing one month in Melbourne doing door-to-door -door sales. <laughs> and then decided to quit and never went back. And now, now looking better at it such a ridiculous thing that whilst living in a country that has like the highest wages out of any country in the world yeah. i did a shitty job and then just threw the rest away yeah yeah that's that's crazy though like in the point that you said like with the wages man like you can literally do you can do anything you know what i'm saying and live like a decent life you know like that I, I love that so much you know especially just working in hospitality here in the united states you are completely off of tips so yeah you know you get paid two dollars an hour here you know i think i and, find that <laughs> so wrong i hate that about that's my one big thing that winds me up about the united states and canada that they have this tip culture and it's sort of expected that you have to pay tip to like make sure someone can actually like earn money for the work that they're already doing whilst these businesses get exactly. away. I just, it, yeah, it really winds me up. It's kind of a bit like, you know, like, and so that's why you have to like really like kind of put on an act and a show for your customers. Because yeah, for like, sure. You want, you want them to like you, you know, you, you want them to like you instead of when, when it should just be about them enjoying their meal, you know, not really necessarily having to have an experience and, and just like coming to eat. And so, yeah, so that was working in hospitality there that just blew my mind that like any job as a server, you were making like $27 an hour and like $30 on the weekend, you know, I'm like, wow. And even, even like cleaning jobs and things like that. I know cleaners who make like $30, $40 an hour, which is just 
insane to me. Insane. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's amazing. But that's how, you know, that's how it should be. I feel like, I feel like everybody, no matter your job title, you know, if you're working, then you should be able to, yeah, like, eat. You should be able to live. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes sense. It does. And in Australia, you also did your... Well, you in America don't need to do your farm work, but you did your three months as well in hospitality. And I, if I remember correctly, you went to Broome, which was an amazing experience for you, right? And to IS Rock too. Uh-huh. So I, so like um, with the working holiday, you know that you have the option of doing rural work or doing like the farm work or I, with my visa, I was like able to do hospitality, but it had to be somewhere rural, like somewhere that was oh, like kind of wow. off, off the grid to bring in. So to help bring in like foreigners and more tourism and stuff. So I actually went to the Outback That's sick. and yeah, I worked at a place called Kings Canyon, which is about like four or five hours from Ayers Rock, Uluru. And it's just completely like, and that was this whole experience. It was completely in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing around in the middle of the desert. It was just this like little, um, this little resort kind of, if that's what they want to call it. But, it was <laughs> but it, um, just, yeah, it was, it was just, you slept under, like, you know, just sleeping under the Milky Way every single night. You know what I'm saying? That just blew my mind. I had never, ever, ever seen anything so beautiful as that in my life. Still to this day, I think forever, always, it's just like, look, going outside and it just being completely dark and you're just seeing the entire Milky Way. Well, like just seeing the Milky Way and just the sky being covered in stars. The only thing that would get me is, um, this would be incredible in any other country, but when I think Australian Outback, I'm like, snakes, spiders. <laughs> yeah. All this other <laughs> shit that just wants to kill you. <laughs> exactly exactly i get asked that all the time you know and actually the entire year i was in australia i did so many like off the grid kind of things i never uh never saw any spiders and only once did i see a snake and that was in broom in the ocean actually <laughs> but yeah I, I was really fortunate enough to kind of dodge all the crazy exotic animals that were there that I killed me. I didn't know that snakes could go into the ocean as well. That opens like a whole new world to yeah. me. Like Just when you <laughs> thought it was safe to go back in the water. Yeah. Nah, that's my thing. Yeah, Australia. exactly, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but the that, animals. There's also got to be a certain irony that you've gone from a small town to Alabama to go into Australia to go to a small town in the outback there as well. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> you know, like, it it, it it, it definitely, like, it definitely had its own, like, kind of similarities, you know, like, and that's the thing is that just because a lot of times you think just because you're in a foreign country that you think, oh, yeah, all of these people, they think differently, you know, like, we think of Australia as being so progressive and everything, you know, but like just in life in general and everywhere like smaller towns you know people still like may not be as because they haven't been exposed to more things necessarily sometimes that the the people still like have prejudice exactly so like one time while I was actually there this couple I was serving them dinner and the woman actually said she said um what type of negro what? are you wow I said, uh, what? <laughs> she said, oh, I was like, it caught me so off guard. Like, we're just like, like chatting and like, I'm pouring wine. And she's like, 
what type of Negro are you? Like, um, like, what are you like? What are you mixed with? What do you like come from? And I'm like, wow. Um, you know, like, so I'm like, these kind of things exist like yeah. everywhere, you know? So yeah. it's not like that. We just like can say like, oh, the, you know, small town Alabama. No, a small town in Australia <laughs> who also where people are, you know, as exposed to say so many different types of like races and stuff. Like people still think the same, you know? I suppose, but if you if you've never met anyone else, it's more difficult to kind of take understanding from other people's point of views. But like exactly, exactly. I just I'm still shocked. Did she mean it in a curious way? Like, or was she just being like, was she trying to be like polite and curious, or do you think she meant it with like a harsher tone? I think she 100% meant it in like a polite, curious way. She said it with just like a just this lovely little smile on her face, <laughs> and I was like. I was like, am I, like, did the words that just, like, did I miss something? Did, like, how did that, like, I'm seeing her speak, but I'm like, I know what she just said did not come out of her mouth into my, into my ear, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, you know, and so that was a whole nother thing, you know, experiencing, like, um, racism in all these different countries that I have been, you know, because there's still, absolutely, there's still racism, but it's a different type of racism, you know? Like, I, like, the way I like to describe it is that, you know, the United States is so, like, people here would just, like, be, like, will call you, like, you know, like, the N-word, like, to your, like, face or something, you know what I'm saying? But there in Australia, it's more of, like, like, I never really had, like, outside of that experience, I didn't have people being, like, um, like, racist as in, like, on purpose. But just because you don't, just because you, like, if... Like, because you don't know what you're doing doesn't necessarily excuse it. That's still racist. For you know sure. What I'm Even if you don't know, you're being racist. And so it would be more so people always being like, oh, you look like this rapper, you know? Or like, like oh, like you, like you and this other black guy I know, like y'all are so much alike, you know? And to me, like when I lived in Australia, so many Australians look so <laughs> similar, you know? Like they have such the same looks, you know, with the like long hair and the mustaches and everything. And I'm like, how are y'all telling me I look like somebody? You, know? you guys literally, y'all all could be brothers, you know? <laughs> and, so, yeah. and did you find... Were, did you find um, that people treated you any differently when you were backpacking as well? Particularly, like, locals in different places. I suppose, especially as you're traveling around, like, smaller cities in, like, Southeast Asia. Yeah, um, I wouldn't... And yeah, I would say they, they did, but uh, you know the cool thing is, and this is, like, a little thing that we say, like, in the African-American community is the, like, the worst place to be black is in the United States because... Once you step out, like, in Asia, like, you're treated as more of, like, kind of, like, a celebrity kind of in a way, you know? Like, I I would say I don't really, I didn't really experience much, like, um, people being, like, mean or nasty to me for being black. It was more of the opposite. It was more of people wanting to, like, talk to me or take pictures with me everywhere I went, you know? Like, just, like, especially in the, like, more rural places, people were more curious. Yeah, yeah, I thought that as well when I was traveling Asia, because... A lot of women asked me to if I could take a picture with them because I have blonde curly hair and they also never saw something like that. So I feel it's like more of a friendly way to like kind mm -hmm. of get to know someone that is totally different to who they live or who they are. And they are like more curious, but in a good way, you know. Most definitely, I completely agree with that statement, and that and that's why it's so important as well. I feel is to get out and like experience different things, 
especially like being a black American, the rest of the world doesn't identify me as being a black American. People see me as an American, you know, like then that's so refreshing, <laughs> like that people like just to be it's just to be just not having to like, like, like what what I mean by being refreshing is it's just like. Like, people aren't, like, if they're judging me, they're judging me for being American, you know? Like, yeah, not necessarily sure. because I'm African-American, you know? Like, they're like, oh, American, oh, Americans, you know? So. I was going to say, because lots of Americans you meet also, and your next thing will be, like, everyone goes, um, oh, when I'm abroad, I pretend I'm not American, I'm Canadian. <laughs> I've met so many Americans now who just say they're Canadian when they travel as well. Um, and it's because exactly. they get their, they get bored of people asking them the same questions as soon as they go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Every time, you know, especially with all the like political climate that we've been in, like that's the first, that's the starter, you know, right there. Like, like did you did you did you vote for me? <laughs> did you support me? You know, like, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> the thing is, I suppose America's always on such like has such a political stage, like worldwide. When the mm-hmm. last president was in. It was literally, even when I was in New Zealand, every day he was on TV and I was like, why? Like, what difference does he make to, like, normal people in New Zealand? Exactly, you know, like... <laughs> and, and so, but then it's easy to see why also, in general, Americans don't know that much about what's going on in the world because most of the world's news focuses on America. America or China. Yep, that, that's very true. And I, and I believe for the United States that... It has a lot to do with us, like, people view the United States as, like, the entertainment capital of the world, you know? Like, we literally just, like, are, even with politics, you know, it's just, like, entertainment, you know? It's so true. It's, like, people are watching us kind of as if we're, like, this, like, we're, like, the reality show, you know? Like, we're a reality <laughs> but TV show. But that's what it feels like, you remember, no, I, yeah. so when I'm on TikTok, I send Austin so often videos where American get asked like random questions. Like, I think last thing was like, where is Paris or something like that? And then they were like, yeah, well, it's a country. And I was like, what the hell? How can you not know that it is like the capital of France? <laughs> but then I actually think if you asked wrong people in England, they wouldn't know. Yeah, true. Like, I think it's the thing is with these videos, they always fix because they never showed you like the intelligent Americans who answered the uh, like, p- question perfectly. They always just pick the worst ones. And if you went even at like my school, there were people who probably couldn't tell you because they're just a bit special. That was my that was my podcast way of putting it. It's not how I would put it if you weren't on it. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to That's talk true. a little bit more as well, because you um, not only have continued to travel, but you also started your own travel business. And I'd love yes. to love so, to hear a little um, bit more about that. Yeah. So I'm in the process of getting everything um, going up. But it's something that I've been in, I've been like wanting to do for forever, you know, and it's mainly um, it's mainly for like the whole sole purpose of is that. I want to get I want to get the world to traveling, but more importantly, I want to get Americans to traveling to get people to just get out, step outside of their comfort zone, you know, because I feel like travel has given me a whole new like whole new way of life, a whole new perspective on life. And I want to share that with everybody. So um, about a year ago, I created a I created a blog called Sunder Soul. Um, which is basically just um, a blog about my travels, my life, and how that all kind of incorporates. 
And the whole point of that is, is that I wanted to eventually open up this Sonder Travel Services, where basically I do like customized travel traveling. So I'm doing like consulting um, because like, I don't know if you guys know, but most Americans, I have to believe, I haven't looked at statistics lately, but most Americans don't have passports, you know, like I know Europeans, you guys, I, how does that work with you guys get passports from the beginning because you guys go over or what is it? You have to, you, need to you, apply for you have to apply for them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's the same way, but just pretty much everybody has a passport yeah. Yeah. and in Europe, you would say, okay. So like, even now, most of my friends here in Nashville don't have passports. And so I kind of want to like get a push for that, like on helping people um, know how to do things. Because the reason why a lot of people don't travel or do things is because they don't think they can or they don't know how to. And so basically um, I would do like with my business, it'll be part consulting. So if you're like interested and you don't know how, um, you just come in and I will help you like get you the logistics on everything. Or you can also just use me as like a travel agent and I can help book your trip. Um, I do the planning for you. I can do as on like a full itinerary right now. Um, I'm just getting started with everything. So I'm doing, I'm working on three trips right now um, awesome. for like an anniversary, a first time solo right. travel, and just like a little weekend, like a little weekend getaway, you know, for um, this family. Um, and just because, like I said, like once I stepped into like the world of traveling, whether it's abroad or whether it's um, domestically, um, I realized that I was living in a glass ceiling, mm -hmm. you know, like you can only see so much, you know, you can only you only if you aren't exposed to different things or different types of people, then you're always going to think that you're right, you know, That's and true. then when you step out, you're like, oh, I didn't know that like these people are living this way. And like that, that works for them, you know, so maybe who is right? What is right? You know, what's right? What's wrong? Um, there's so many different ways to do things in life, you know, and kind of traveling kind of showed me that. And I kind of want to bring that back to everyone here and show them that as well, that there is so many different ways to do life. That's so that's the whole purpose of my yeah, website. I love, it. I love that. And so, so everyone knows Sonder is spelled S-O-N-D-E-R, soul, S-O-L-E. Yes, thank awesome. you for that. That's okay, no worries. And if you could give a tip to someone who's never been traveling before and is really thinking about it at the moment, is there a particular place that you'd recommend or a certain thing that they should do first? Yeah, maybe start small, you know, like um, especially here in the United States, you can look at, it's very easy to go over to um, Mexico, you know, or even to Canada. Like Canada is still in a lot of ways so different than the United States. So that'd be something to experience. Or also, you know, just one tip I would say is just to trust your instincts. You know, trust your instincts or like Southeast Asia is a beautiful place, beautiful place to go to. Um, it's very, I would say, wouldn't you guys agree? It's very yeah, safe, um, easy to get around. It's very tourist friendly, easy to travel to. So those kind of places, I would say. Um, I just recently traveled to Latin America um, this year for the first time. And it was like, I went there with the same mindset that I had about Southeast Asia and how easy it would be to backpack and to get around. And it's been a little bit different. It's been a little bit different. Yes. So I would say maybe those places I would start with. That's, where did you go in South America? And did you go to Central or South? So I went to South America. I've, I've, been, to, I've been to Mexico a few times before, but um, I recently went to Colombia. Love it. Um, I back love at the end of last year. Yes, I love it. I love it. Can you speak Spanish at all? Un poco. 
Um, okay. I'm actually learning Spanish because my boyfriend is from Colombia. So okay. I'm having to learn. So at least yes. you've got a good teacher. Exactly, exactly. He sends me lessons. Uh, he creates me little lessons um, for me to learn. And then also Duolingo has been my friend. But um, I'm definitely in the process of getting that down because it's a huge. It's, it's always been a dream of mine to learn another language. And Espanol is the way to go for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that was one thing I really noticed with South America when I was there as well, is that when you go to Southeast Asia, there's no expectation for you to really learn um, their languages but in South America if you don't speak Spanish a lot of people just won't give you the time of day which is fair enough really uh, because yeah. they like everyone in South America apart from Brazil um, um, speaks Spanish really uh, apart from a few select countries and so I suppose it is only one language and it's quite easy to learn for most people as well. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. I believe, like you just said, I was one of those people that thought like, oh, like Southeast Asia, you can get around with English really, really easily. Um, that I was like, as long as I know like kind of the basics about Spanish, but I got there and I was like, wow, okay. I, I should have like, I needed to know more <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> I definitely needed to know more Spanish. <laughs> and that's like you said, it's how it should be. Like I'm in their country. You're in, if you go to someone else's country, you can't expect them to cater to your needs. You know, you need to be able able to um like you need to be able to like kind of know a little bit you know about where you're going That's so true. I agree completely. and um my final question for me anyway um do you have where's next for you where do you want to go to next yes so um I actually really am like I'm kind of so I just this like after my I'm here in the United States right now in Nashville finishing out my contract with my job and that finishes at the end of July. And I will actually be relocating to Colombia for a year to uh, learn Spanish wow. as well. And so while I'm there, I'm planning to um, be able to travel to other Latin countries while I'm there. I'm really excited um, about this. And so I leave at the beginning that's of August. Amazing. So that's where I'm headed next. Can't wait to visit you that's there. so yeah. incredible. Yeah, I can't wait to have you guys. You guys got to come over. Hopefully this we can get these vaccines and the pandemic controlled and then we can all like get on with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Whereabouts in Colombia will you be staying? I'll be living in Medellin. Oh, so you dick. Super my excited about that. It is well. my Oh, is it not amazing? The views, the people, it's the energy, the Have art. you been to uh, I don't know why, but this is always the first first thing whenever I think of Medellin. Um the bar with a ball pit out back. No, I haven't been. Oh, okay. So it's somewhere near Kibura. That's the club that all the sort of backpackers go to. I believe that's the name of it, yeah. Um, and so it's just it's just around the corner from there. Um, and to be honest, all the bars that I just remember this place. We used to go um, while you were drunk at night, <laughs> and they've hollowed out this pool out the back of a bar and filled it with ball pit balls, and it's just the most fun thing. Um, and I think, I don't know why, but it's just one of my lasting memories from the whole of Medellin. Uh-huh. Is it like, like a kid's like play, like where you like oh, jump in, absolutely. like that kind of ball it, pit? It's, it's sort of, but it's only adults. It's only drunk adults there. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> theoretically, it is a kid's ball pit. Um, however, I wouldn't take a kid there. <laughs> and the other thing um, you've obviously got to do whilst you're in South America, you have no excuse. You have to go to Rio Carnival. Oh, 
Oh, listen. Have you? Oh my God, have you experienced that? Is that is like on the top of my bucket list? It's incredible. Like in life already. Um, oh my gosh. Normally, is... I go to places and I'm kind of like, I don't. I've done it now. I don't want to do it again because I don't want to ruin my experiences. Whereas with Carnival, I'm like, no, I've got to go back. I've got to go back um, as soon as I can. Ah, that's so crazy. I'm so like that. That's like that is at the top of my bucket list. I'm like, I, I have many from living in Ireland. I have many Brazilian friends and they always talk about Carnival. And I'm like, I've got to experience this one day. So good. So good. A little bit dodgy. Um, but like, I think that adds to the experience. You just be. Of course. You just, you just basically gotta like watch and um, what just watch your pockets all the time was the only thing because there was literally and like because lots of people said like you know normally when you go traveling like oh no it's dangerous people are gonna pickpocket you whereas like in Brazil like when at Rio like literally like every day you were watching like people get pickpocketed it was a bit that's the only thing really there. it was it was really bad there um like I if you saw a few people and usually you'd see like some. Um, like kid running off and then like a tourist chasing after them um, and that would be it um, <laughs> um, but like as, but you sort of knew that and so you would just like you wouldn't go out wearing anything expensive um, anything that you couldn't afford to mm. lose and you just wouldn't obviously take loads of money out um, you and just be precautious but at the same time um, I would say I'm quite an idiot when I travel anyway and I've never had any problems there and, yeah <laughs> Um, but no, I definitely recommend. It. And the Samba Drome itself is just the one of the most incredible things I've actually seen in my entire life. And the stories that, and just try try and learn a little bit about it as well, because like even the story of the schools that all and everyone pays to put themselves there, and it's built around a whole community. It's fantastic. It looks unreal. It looks so so like it's like I said, it's number one. So. You said it, so hopefully this year, like this February, that I'll be able to attend it. I'm putting that out into the universe now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Have you any other questions, Taryn? No, no, that's been amazing. Thank you. Do you want to say anything else, Austin? Um, no, not really. I just want to thank you guys for um, giving me this opportunity to speak to you guys. I've most definitely enjoyed this it's been a lot of good laughs this morning for me and i guess nighttime <laughs> for you guys <laughs> but yes it's been great well thank you for no, it's joining been us. a pleasure it was amazing i really enjoyed this and hope to see you soon on this podcast again and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your business and your new ideas so how it's going and maybe you will be already in colombia by then hopefully yeah, and I hope I get to see you guys, Hannah, get to see you again, and turn that I get to meet you somewhere out <laughs> in this world. Absolutely, we'll make it happen. And um, one last time, in case anyone um, didn't get it before, the name of your business is? It is Saunders Soul, and that is spelled S-O-N-D-E-R-S-O-L-E. And that's, you can find that at www.saundersoul.com. We will also link that amazing. on Instagram and Facebook in case someone wants to check that out. He writes amazing blog posts and he also does something on his Instagram account. You have particular themes for the different days and a lot of people are already engaging in it. Do you want maybe lost before the end of the episode tell us a little oh. bit more about this oh yes so i'm moving into um not just from blogging but moving into creating like a um i want like i have a youtube channel that i'm about to start as well and i kind of just like like my whole purpose of everything is just like sonder means like the realization that each passer buyer is living a life as vivid as yours and so i kind of just like the Ooh. whole point of me and who i am 
is encouraging people to be like themselves, but also that we all we all have the, we're all different in so many ways, but yet we are so similar in so many ways. And so each during the week, I have five different segments. On Mondays, it's motivational Mondays. Tuesdays is travel Tuesdays. Wednesday is wellness Wednesdays. And Thursdays is Toxic Thursdays, because we all <laughs> love a little toxic talk. And Fridays, we finish with Freaky Fridays, you know? It's the weekend, just to have a good laugh and get us going um, for the weekend. And yes, yeah, so this is something that I just recently started. So um, that can be found at my Instagram handle, which is at A-R-W-I-L-L underscore. So that's A-R-Will underscore. And you can we find will that definitely there. link that as well on our Instagram account. So you can look it up and participate in Austin's weekly challenges. And I do that too. And I quite enjoy it. It always makes my day to see the answers of your followers it's amazing i love it such a good idea Thanks. as well yeah 100 percent. well austin thank you again for joining us it's been a pleasure and i hope to see you soon probably in columbia because i'm definitely planning on visiting you this year yeah like i said thanks again guys and best of luck with the podcast and everything i'm excited to continue listening to all the episodes <laughs> thank you austin it's been a pleasure to meet you yes likewise i hope y'all enjoy y'all's evening thank you well that is all we have time for today thank you all for listening this is the plan y podcast my name is taryn and my name is hannah and we'll see you next time we love you